Welcome to CBuzz, Columbus's award-winning business-focused podcast presented by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and Capital University. I'm Michaela Hunt, your host, and we're about to bring you another one of the best stories from the Columbus business community. Leaders, decision makers, and innovators take the seat across from me, and we ask the questions you've always wanted to, bringing you the answers in this longer format. We record the show at Capital University's Convergent Media Center with a team of talented students and faculty, and you should see this Convergent Media Center top-of-the-line technology right in our own backyard. Today, we take a look at the Columbus business landscape as we move into 2020 with one of the guys that knows it best, Kenny McDonald. Kenny, welcome to CBUS. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Just some background on Kenny for those of you listening. He is the president and CEO of One Columbus, formerly known as Columbus 2020, the economic development organization that works towards elevating our 11-county Columbus region to be the most prosperous region in the United States. One Columbus supports their work through partnerships with state and local partners, and focuses on helping existing businesses to grow and compete, as well as diversifying the economy through the attraction of new businesses and supporting newly formed high-growth enterprises. Kenny has more than 20 years of experience with regional economic development and management consulting experience, and we are thrilled to learn more about the economic future of our Columbus region today. And little did I know before we started recording, you have economic development experience in an area where I grew up. Absolutely. You know, I worked all over the country in the past life. So how did we get you here in Columbus? What made you come to Columbus and stick and stay and do all the great work that you've been able to do? Uh, well, I was having, a, I, I lived in a great city, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, worked for a regional organization, one of the best in the country. And um, I have to be honest, when the first uh, phone call came from Ohio, um, I only knew a few people here and my wife's from Miami, Florida. Um, you know, I really didn't think we would do it. And uh, I talked to Alex Fisher several times, um, came up for a visit, and it was two big things. One was the support of the business community in this market was shockingly good. You could tell Surprised that they you. were um, probably more motivated and more aligned than uh, any other community that I had seen, uh, including Charlotte. And two... Um, when I looked at the community and what you could do, and when I talk about community, I mean the entire 11 county area. Uh, I looked at it as a product that was phenomenal, um, but that the world didn't know about. And so I thought that there, you know, it could make a difference. Um, and we had business leaders standing behind us, and that, uh, you know, uh, when we got our feet on the ground as a family and everything, then we had the experience that so many people that we host here every day do as well, which is we didn't want to get back on the, in the car or on the plane. Um, and sure enough, 10 years have gone by really quickly and we love it and we wouldn't go anywhere else. So you sold your wife and your family on it. Absolutely. And th- this phenomenal outlook that you, that you noticed when you came here at that time and what has most likely continued to grow us to where we are, what are some of those aspects? What did you find phenomenal at that time that you think really have, we've continued to work with? Well, it's proven to be true. I, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I took a bet that the business community was aligned. I, you know, I, I thought that I, <laughs> you know, I thought that they were um, highly motivated and aligned. It's proven to be way more than that. Um, you know, they, they're visionary. Um, uh, obviously, we have great leaders and founders and people that started their enterprises here, like Les Wexner and um, companies like Nationwide and Cardinal that continue to, you know, build on the roots that they've actually started here and. 
but the leaders, each successive leader from those uh, in those companies actually continues to do that. AP, Cardinal, Nationwide, um, on and on and on. And the support and um, their willingness to give their time and energy to this and the way that they're, they stay curious and they care about moving our community forward is proven to be absolutely true. So let's talk a little bit about this new brand, because this is an opportunity to talk with you about that, uh, the rebranding of Columbus 2020 to One Columbus. The brand and its strategic plan were developed after extensive market research. I know that and input from these business and civic leaders. So why One Columbus? I want to I ask that question. And what does this rebranding mean for your team in the Columbus region as a whole? I always approach the Columbus 2020 initiative, if you will, as if it was a 10-year project. So we're coming to the end of that. I think we have 65 days left in this decade. And, um, you know, I think we, we approached it like, uh, you know, this massive goal that we were just going, we were going to figure out how to accomplish it. And we're going to build an organization as we went to it. We didn't set up an organization and then, you know, start working. We started to work on the goal on on day one. So with One Columbus, how do you go from Columbus 2020, you know, this, the end of this 10-year period, but you find more things to do, I think, you know, and then it, it continues. So why One Columbus? How do you choose that? Yeah. So um, we didn't really have a region, right? We had a, a loose confederation of communities, townships, cities, counties that out of convenience on various issues and from time to time would act regionally. Um, but we weren't practicing regionalism on a consistent basis. So part of the one is that we're one one region now. Um, uh, in fact, the fastest growing, you know, in GDP and population, millennial growth, and on and on and on. Um, as I go around our eleven counties, I was in, I speak in cities and talk to councils and commissions nearly every night, um, and they see themselves as part of the Columbus region. Um, and they are even reticent to say Central Ohio or Mid Ohio or anything like they used to say. It is an acknowledgement that Columbus is the biggest city in the state, um, the second biggest city in the Midwest, a powerhouse. It draws attention to all of our communities, um, even if they don't locate in Columbus. Uh, they don't call Columbus proper home. Um, and likewise, Columbus has grown to, I think, become a more regional player, right? And understand the value of our suburbs in our exurbs, in our rural locations that make Central Ohio so, such a great place. So everybody wants to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, people want to be a part of success, and, and that's where the momentum and the energy is. Um, the second part of one is um, we, we view growth and prosperity as one thing. You know, in in uh, all camps in life uh, right now, if we watch, go home and watch the nightly news, uh, we're going to see one side against the other. Um, on on the news channels, on nearly every issue that we can think of, that's the way you know programs are set up, and and all too often that's how you know it's it's one idea or the other. We don't think that's true in economic development. We think the pursuit of growth is a necessity. You have to grow to um, be successful and bring new revenue into your communities and to you know continue to strive forward. You also have to work on prosperity initiatives, housing, education, mobility, in order to win and continue to grow. And so they, I see them as a circle and not something that is pitted one against the other or that we have to drop our swords to, on one to work on the other. They're one idea. Since uh, we were bringing up 
the news and talking headlines, another thing we see a lot of speculation on is where the economy is going. We hear a lot about that. If you turn on the radio, turn on your TV. Now, in 2010, you stepped into this role following the recession. And you've been with the organization, as we said, since its inception. So I want to, with the kind of look at what people are speculating about right now and where we came from, I mean, you came into this role after the fact. What was it like stepping into the role at that time? And what have you learned about what's possible with growth, even in some of the hardest times in the economy? Well, maybe a couple of different ways to look at it. First of all, um, I really praise the people that actually made it a 10-year strategy to begin because taking that long view took a lot of pressure off. Um, and it was, you know, maybe it was uh, an opportunity because the recession had, you know, hurt families and communities so hard. People's houses were upside down in their housing prices and things like that. So everybody had a mindset of let's just get some activity and growth and let's get going. And so um, in one way, it was a good time to start an organization. We had some, you know, we had some leeway to work with. Um, on the other side, um, considering what we do on a daily basis now, it's probably more than we did in, you know, four or five months at a time when we started. There's so much activity in our market um, and in our work now. Um, real activity, companies coming in to visit, um, companies with expansion plans, problems to solve. Um, uh, it's, it's just been absolutely fantastic. So there's a regional growth strategy um, built not only for the future of One Columbus, but also for the future of our business community. Can you, can you dive into that a little more for me and what it means, what that strategy means? Well, I think, we, uh, I think when we started Columbus 2020, it was a regional growth strategy. Um, One Columbus is, a, is a, uh, really a partnership for the pursuit of growth and prosperity. Um, with the ultimate goal being that this is the most prosperous place in the country. What we mean by that is that we're not just gaining economically. We think that's really critical, by the way, um, that we win economically for a bunch of different reasons, especially in the Columbus region and in Ohio. Right? People move here because of job opportunities and career opportunities. Um, I always say that we, don't, you know, we still don't have mountains in an ocean. Um, <laughs> we were creating this place. Right. And economic opportunity is a necessity to get people to pay attention to it, to come and then learn about the culture and everything. The prosperity part of it is that um, we don't just believe that economic gain um, is the only thing, that people have human development, social development of uh, everyone in our communities um, matters if we're going to ultimately win and measure our success in a new way. So, as we think about One Columbus, our, our ambition is, um, I think, far harder and way more ambitious than simply the pursuit of jobs and investment and payroll. It's much more than that. And I definitely want to peel back on some of those layers, the much more here in a second. Um, you know, with looking at the regional growth strategy, I mean, we've had some incredible advances. So Facebook, $750 million data center, you know, in Licking County. We've got the Amazon and Amazon Web Services, multiple projects really totaling about $1.3 billion in capital investment, 2,000 new jobs, and then Google announcing plans for a new Albany data center. But as you're, as you're saying, the work is not done. So as, as we look and, and peel back some of those layers, what are some of the more specific goals you have for One Columbus as we move forward? Well, I can look at it in a lot of different ways. I want us to continue to be 
um, one of the regional economic development leaders in the country. Uh, and to do that and to, you know, get on people's radar screens, we're going to have to win in, in, in jobs and investment and payroll. So those are going to continue to be a focus area and a measurement of success for us. Um, um, we also need to continue to build the brand. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about our, you know, what do we want our global identity to be? Not just um, uh, tomorrow, but 10 years from now. And uh, I keep talking about this this goal of mine that if, you know, hundreds of people from our community can stand on a stage in um, Los Angeles, New York, Shanghai, Munich, and talk about our vision and our pursuit of it and that we're actually achieving it, um, not just by winning in jobs and investment, but um, in education and transportation and housing, um, that will be an enormous um, accomplishment. I would also like them to talk about the Columbus Way and the values that we bring to this effort, right, which is ambition and integrity and inclusiveness, right, and that we truly are backing it up and we're practicing it every day. You're never going to do it perfectly, um, but if we can talk about our vision and the values we're bringing in the game and we're not willing to compromise those values in the pursuit of the vision, um, I think we will set ourselves apart from nearly any city in the world. The Columbus Way, easy to sell, easy to show. We've both seen it in action. I w- transportation and housing, how are we doing in that area? What do we need to do more of? Because I take it matching the people with the jobs and the opportunities you want to bring in, that that's something that needs to happen. Well, I, I would also, this is where I think our plan is really, um, really bold and maybe a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes crazy is good. <laughs> it's, it's a way to reach. Absolutely. Well, uh if, continue, if we continue to the pursuit of growth and the success we've had, then we're basically on a path that so many mid-sized cities have been on before. And when they blow up, Austin, Texas, Nashville, Tennessee, super places, by the way, um, great competitors, but also cities we admire. But we also look um, to them and we want to learn from where they are today. So as they as their pace of growth accelerated from mid-sized cities into maybe a little bit larger cities, that happened really quickly. And they didn't keep pace in housing or infrastructure. Um, and, it's, and it's deteriorating what people, so many people move to these size cities for, which is um, the scale and the access to great restaurants and culture and, uh, cult- and, and amenities. Um, but without compromise, right. that we still have 20, 30-minute commutes. We can move around. We can take a job on the other side of town and reasonably get there in time. When that becomes unaccessible, when that commute time becomes 90 minutes and not 30 minutes, um, when you're sitting in your car like you would in Los Angeles or Boston. In, in Boston or something, yeah. then that's not really what people would be coming to a Columbus, Ohio for, right? So um, we're going to have to do things differently if we want to not follow that same path. And that it would be historic. I I always use this sort of radical example to say, if we could continue to grow at the same pace, which has been historic growth for our region, the most since the 1890s, right? So we're living through a historic period in our region. Um, What if our commute time stayed the same or went down over the next 10 years and we had the same amount of growth? We will have accomplished something that no other community in the country has ever done, ever. Wow. Right? If you think about it, it yeah. just you, you think, well, we're getting bigger, the commute time will get longer. We're getting bigger, things will get more expensive. 
And it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And we're challenging that premise um, with without any apologies for continuing to want to grow. Got it. So ways to keep housing affordable, to keep commute types down, and still continue to grow our region. Well, I'll just, and I'll add one cultural thing, but I, I view everything through an economic development lens. We still have a ton of unused capacity in this community, most of which we find in human capacity. We have um, whole neighborhoods, areas of our city, of our region, rural and urban, that have been cut off from economic opportunity, um, be it the lack of broadband, um, the lack of um, you know, uh, transportation options um, for people of modest incomes. Um, and, uh, housing, which, you know, uh, continues to get more expensive in our region right now. And we're doing some great work, uh, with our private sector, with the, with the public sector coming together regionally to attack some of these issues. So I'm proud to say we're, we're addressing the issues, but we have to get at those capacity issues. We want people to have full opportunity, no matter what neighborhood they're, they're living in. It connects, what we were just talking about connects easily to an, another question that I have for you. I wanted to talk about how, you know, we became America's smart city, right? And so when it comes to commutes and how we look at transportation, that is critical, that that whole project and component. I mean, it was an honor that was largely rallied by winning the U.S. Department of Transportation Smart City Challenge back in 16. There's still a lot of buzz around about what's next for Columbus. In your opinion, given what we just were discussing, what value is there to Columbus being smart? And, and what do you think people realize about what it means and maybe what they don't know about what smart Columbus means? I think it's huge, right? It was, first of all, it was a confidence builder. And in the Midwest, that's really important when you, when you win, right? When you, when you stretch yourself, uh, and we, we were really not doing an incredible amount in any of these spaces before, you know, electrification, um, uh, transportation access, thinking about operating systems for, our community, we, we really weren't doing a whole lot. So in, in, when you started to put the grant together, you know, we're saying, okay, well, this is a big stretch, right? You know, I don't think anybody was addressing ourselves as America's smart city um, as we began to pursue the grant. Um, and even upon winning it, you know, we knew we had a lot of work to do. The progress that has been made, the catalyst that that has um, become um, for our private sector, for our public sector, for our academic sector, smart campuses, you know, I think I was driving on the 33 corridor to Honda uh, earlier today, the longest uh, uh, corridor in the country that is a smart corridor in the country, right? Uh, uh, the only place that has more mileage than that is between Amsterdam and Eindhoven in, in the Netherlands. Now, that's a statistic. <laughs> Absolutely, right? And um, and it's given a whole new uh, meaning to, um, you know, we're trying to put a new meaning on what smart means to us. As Midwesterners, um, inevitably, it becomes really practical, right? To me, it's about access. Um, it's about what we were just talking about, the capa unlocking capacity in our community by providing access, right? And addressing issues, uh, transportation limitations, um, trying to reduce uh, health inequities, um, trying to address infant mortality through smart initiatives. It's not about autonomous vehicles, you know, they're really cool. I love them. Yeah, it's great. But it's not what it's about. It's not it's not the outcomes that you're seeking. The outcomes you're seeking are 
transformative change across our community, in particular in neighborhoods um, and with people that need it the most. And you were t- and you were talking about human capacity and the untapped human capacity we have in some of these areas. But for the next gen workforce, let's look at it through that lens. How does being a smart city help our region secure that workforce that wants to be involved in the development of future technologies? My dream is when you land at the Columbus airport, you come here for a job interview that you immediately start to see um, through the headquarters that we have signage on the wall at um, CMH. Um, It says, we're here. Um, We're a great global company. This is an awesome community. You get in uh, an electric vehicle or an autonomous vehicle in the future, and you're traveling to a hotel as you walk to dinner. Um, you start to see technology um, on the streets through I don't know, Ike machines or um, through all kinds of things that we have that uh, are wayfinders in the, in the community. You have a great experience. If you choose to live here, the way you're going to pay your bills, um, you're going to use technology. Working with government and living here is going to be easy. Mapping out your commute and, and how to get there, whether it's a combination of rideshare and CODA and, and those things. Amen. Right. So I was speaking to CODA earlier or last week, I guess. And, you know, I, I thought eight years ago, nine years ago, there would have been no reason for me to really address the CODA board and to talk about many of the subjects that you and I are talking about this evening. Now it makes perfect sense. And Joanna uh, and, and I are talking on a consistent basis, moving people Providing access to people is at the heart of being you know, a competitive place nowadays. So you're pretty involved in our community beyond even your professional work, serving on the boards of Columbus Collaboratory, Experience Columbus, and the International Economic Development Council. But there's one board in particular that I want to talk with you about today, and that's your position on the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's board of directors. The way you see it, Kenny, how does the Columbus Chamber's work and our business community work in parallel with some of the greater initiatives we've talked about? Well, the chamber, I'm really a proud member of the board of directors of the chamber and uh, and, and maybe more importantly, just a, a proud everyday partner of theirs. Um, while we pursue growth and we're working with our clients, um, we know um, that we have the Columbus Chamber standing behind us, right? And that they're working on uh, policy issues on behalf of the greater business community. Uh, still the largest business association um, in the city and in our region, um, and a powerful partner um, that continues to try to modernize policies and our thinking around how to be a competitive business location. And um, they do that in a variety of ways. You know, they do that behind the scenes at the state house or, at, you know, city council meetings or with the county. Um, and then thankfully they do it outwardly um, by bringing voices to the table. And, um, you know, it's traditional to bring uh, CEOs and business leaders of the major employers and um, thankful that they do that. I'm more thankful that they continue to highlight entrepreneurs and small business people who are, you know, um, you know, so often don't have a face um, or people don't know their brand names, but perhaps have some of the most interesting stories and are the most passionate people about our community from, you know, really from the soil up. How imperative are those small businesses to the success of our region from your standpoint? Ultimately, um, you know, it's, it's, it's where you're going to live or die as a community, right? Um, we, we really work on the big livers and the economic foundation through One Columbus, and we try to, um, you know, uh, 
try to build that foundation and create customers that actually bring new money into our region. But ultimately, you have to have entrepreneurs and you have to have a great community and you have to have uh, people willing to take risk and hire one person or five people. Um, and that's the majority of the job growth is going to come from those small businesses. Um, and, and your brand is going to be built on people who are the passionate business leaders, whether that's a, you know, a restaurant owner um, or somebody who is just has a service business here, born and ra- raised in, in the Columbus region, and they become your outward face more often than not. You, you've alluded to it. Our Columbus region is ranked one of the top-ranking metros for profitable businesses. And it's according to some new data, actually, from LendingTree. So there's some specific data behind that. Our business community has this extraordinary potential when it comes to growing a successful organization. So our listeners who listen to CBuzz, they're people who are invested in business. They are people who have started businesses. They're people who are thinking about maybe starting businesses at some point. What advice do you have for our listeners who might be looking for the next move to advance their bottom line? Should they be focused on hiring and retention, community partnerships, future technologies, maybe a combination of all of that? I really, what's inside of your head when it comes to that? Well, maybe all of the above. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a counselor for, for business. I will say this, that um, we are living through a historic period. And while things can seem tough and challenging, and they're always a little skinnier than we want them to be um, when we're leading a business. But we are—we have more opportunity. We have a—we have more people in the workforce. We have more talented people here. We have more access to the world than any entrepreneur that came before you. And it's really well worth remembering, not only as business leaders but as civic leaders, um, that we have so many blessings, so many opportunities. Um, shame on us if we're not taking advantage of them. Right and um, and lean into the community. We haven't mentioned it yet, but I think one of the greatest things about this community is come here, lean into the community, and it depends. But within six months, you might find yourself sitting on a board of directors. You might find yourself on this podcast. You might um, find yourself highlighted in one of the magazines. Um, you're probably not going to make that happen in a larger city. Right, and it's more meaningful than it happening in a much smaller place as well. This is a this is a 14th largest city in the country. You know, uh, Columbus, the Columbus region is a you know major power center, but you can be a player. It's it's really whether you want to or not. Right, you can make an impact, and you can see it happen in a in a larger space than you may have thought of. And that's so true when I think about the Chicago's of the world and some of these other places. It is very hard to do that, but in Columbus. People can make it happen if you lean in. Last question, how do people, if they want to know more about One Columbus, or sometimes I hear people ask, how do I get involved? What do I do? What do they need to do to be able to connect with all of you? Are, are there opportunities? Well, the first thing is is be an ambassador, right? Um, there's no prerequisite for it. There's no uh, credential for it. Um, the people that we're going to bring in later in November for Thanksgiving and our families that visit, you know, take them to have Jenny's ice cream and take them to Kosai and, and let them experience uh, the city. Take them on a Coda bus, show them how we move people around um, our city and, and really be an advocate, right? Um, uh, two is we're easy to find. You know, go to ColumbusRegion.com, learn more about our market. Um, 
even as even as those that live here and live and breathe it every day, I'm still learning about companies we have in our region, community aspects that we have here that I am constantly blown away and impressed by. Keep keep digging deeper and and finding out more. Um, and then finally, um, you know, uh, don't be shy about uh, uh, telling others, right? And um, or sending us a note and say, I read this. I wonder if we have an opportunity to do this or that. You know, we find we find leads and prospects from um, people clipping out newspaper articles from the New York Times and mailing them to us still, <laughs> right? And I love it when we get those. So, um, again, we try to be easy to find, and uh, I know Don and, and, and the Chamber team do as well. Well, I, the clippings don't surprise me because we do like to help each other in every way we can, and the fact that you're still getting those says something about the support that One Columbus is seeing. So, Kenny, thanks so much for your time. appreciate it today. Thank you. Kenny McDonald, President and CEO of One Columbus. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, please let us know by sharing your ratings and reviews. All you have to do is search CBuzz on iTunes or whichever app or platform you listen on. And leave your comments and suggestions. It really does help people find our show. We read those comments, and then we use your ideas as we plan for future episodes. CBuzz is produced in collaboration with Capital University and is recorded again at Capital's Convergent Media Center. We want to thank the crew for being part of our CBuzz team. I'm Michaela Hunt. Thanks again for joining us, and I hope to chat again with you soon.